Welcome to the Gainesville Vineyard Podcast, featuring sermons given at our church and community center located in the Lincoln Estates neighborhood in Gainesville, Florida. If you find these messages beneficial, if you're part of our community, or if you want to help support the services we're providing to Southeast Gainesville, you can text the word GIVE to 352-562-7771 to make tax-deductible donations. Here's this week's message. So we're in Luke chapter 2 today. Let me read that to you. Starting in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee whose name was Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, and the virgin's name was Mary. And going into her, he said, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. And she was greatly distressed at his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And see, you will conceive in your womb and will bear a son, and you shall declare his name to be Jesus. This man will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob throughout the ages. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How shall this be, as I have intimacy with no man? And in reply the angel told her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Hence the offspring will be called Holy also, the Son of God. And look, your kinswoman Elizabeth, she also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month of her who has been called barren, because nothing of all the things I have said is impossible with God. And Mary said, See, the slave of the Lord, may it happen to me as you have said. And the angel departed from her. And during those days, Mary went up in haste into the hill country to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And with a great cry, she called out and said, blessed are you among women and blessed the fruit of your womb. And this is happening to me that the mother of my Lord comes to see me. For look, as the sound of your greeting entered my ears, the baby in my womb leapt in joy. And how blissful she who has faith, for from the Lord will come fulfillment of what she has been told. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the Lord's greatness, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, because he looked upon the lowest state of his slave. For see, henceforth all generations will bless me, because the Mighty One has done great things to me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for generations and generations to those who fear him. He has worked power with his arm. He has scattered those who were arrogant in the thoughts of their hearts. He has pulled dynasts from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has given aid to Israel, his servant, remembering his mercy, just as he promised to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed throughout the age. And Mary stayed there with her about three months and returned to her house. So it's the fourth week of Advent. Uh, We've been hungry for hope. We've been pining for peace. We've been jonesing for joy. And today we're longing for love. 
And in this passage, the first thing I want to point out is that Gabriel tells Mary not to be afraid. And I think we need to hear that too, because there is so much to be afraid of. And so many people deliberately trying to make us afraid right now. We need to learn from Mary's example. Of all the people visited by an angel in the Bible, Mary has by far the calmest response. She ponders the highly favored greeting. She hears what Gabe has to say. And then immediately she says, yeah, I'm in. Let's do this. She's not afraid. The prophecy that she gives, that's not coming from a place of fear, but a place of longing, of expecting, of hoping. You know, we read a few weeks ago how Anna was in the temple every day. It said, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Mary was about 60 years younger than Anna, but she was already waiting for the same thing. She had already learned her people's story and their plight, and she was ready for God to move, and she was ready to participate in what God was doing. Even the name Gabriel gave her, in English we separate Jesus from Joshua, but in Hebrew and Aramaic, they're the same. The name means salvation or the one who saves. So Mary would have immediately thought of the Joshua who brought the children of Israel into the promised land all those years ago. And I thought about that this week. You know, Joshua was born while Israel was bound in slavery to Egypt with no hope of escape. And yet his parents named him Salvation a good 15 years or more before Moses returned from the Midian desert. This is the hope that Mary is tapped into. This is the hope that ran deep in the history of her people. Like Joshua's mom and like Anna, Mary had been trained to wait, to hope, to long for the coming of God's deliverance, for justice for her people. Gabriel told Mary, nothing is impossible with God. He told her of Elizabeth's pregnancy. He told her she was favored. He told her she was blessed. He told her that the Lord was with her. And these are some of the very same things the Lord wants to tell us. Mary's not a one-off. She's not an exception to how God looks at and, and thinks of humans. We are favored and blessed, and the Lord is with us. Mary wasn't chosen because she was exceptionally good. She was chosen because she said yes. Her response to Elizabeth tells us that she was hungry for hope. She was pining for peace. She was jonesing for joy. She was longing for love. And look, I know I've abused the alliteration to the point of being asinine. And abused asinine alliteration is actually assonance. But these are important seeds I'm trying extra hard through this digital divide to plant deep into our souls. See, here's what happens when the Holy Spirit draws us toward and into the life of God. Not that any of us is altogether separated from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in whom we live and move and have our being. If you live, move, and have being, you're connected to the life of God. You're connected to the love of God because the life of God and the love of God are the same. God is love. So we all exist because of and inside the living love of God. Still, there's more. God invites us not just to exist in divine love, but to enjoy intimacy with God. And at the same time, intimacy with all other humans and all of creation and all parts of our own selves. These relationships are interrelated. They're inexorably connected, moving toward or away from spiritual existential intimacy. It's always a four-part movement. 
The movement towards intimacy happens like this. The Holy Spirit of God's living love draws close to us, becomes perceptibly more tangible to us, and communicates to us in some way we can receive that this Jesus guy can be trusted, that what he said and what he did, what Mary foresaw before he was even born, that this comprises a compelling way to carry ourselves through life. As we accept the Spirit's overtures and find ourselves beginning to explore and trust Jesus, we find that we are able to trust Jesus. Like, like we have some newfound ability to do so. And that's because we do. The Spirit is filling us with that trustability, what the church has historically called faith. And as the Spirit grows faith in us, we also come to receive hope in the same way, as the Spirit fills us with a new sense of hopefulness. And that has an attached energy that enables us to follow Jesus with that same good-natured courage and care he set as the example for us to emulate. This Spirit-born hope helps us to know that everything is going to be okay, fills us with peace. And that same hope also helps us see that more than just okay, everything is going to be very, very good. So good that it fills us with joy. And that movement of faith to hope expressed as peace and joy is all moving us toward intimacy with God into the very center of the Trinitarian life where we can experience as much of the love of God, as much of its infinite intensity as our finite selves can handle. The love of God in which all life exists woos us into trusting Jesus, hoping for, and then experiencing union with divine love. It's both a movement forward and a movement upward. And at the same time, it's a movement of a circle of love to love, of life to life, of deep to deep. And at the very center of all this mystical movement is a manger where the God of the universe reaches out in infinite love with an infant's tiny chubby little hand. How can we refuse to trust the God who comes as a helpless baby, born into poverty and oppression, immediately and repeatedly subjected to harrowing violence? This is our God. This is Emmanuel, God with us. God desiring to be with us, going to all lengths, not to control or coerce or conquer us, but to invite us into intimacy. Intimacy with the divine life, with created life, with human life with our own life. This is what we've been waiting for, to be loved just as we are, and to be invited to loving intimacy with life itself. And that is the thing Mary was pondering, and what I want to plant deep in our souls today, that the message of Christmas, what we're waiting for at Advent, is to hear and receive that we are the beloved. You are the beloved. That is already existentially true. When you come to trust that it's true, when you come to hope that it's true, then that births in your soul peace and joy, and that moves you along the journey toward love, love with the one who has already made and named you as the beloved. The beloved is the core truth of who you are. You are the beloved. On you, divine favor rests. What Mary pondered and received as true and said yes to is what we have to understand. And once we get that, once we move into that, then we can become a voice telling others that they are also the beloved. This is the way. 
This is the way of becoming the beloved, of becoming who we are. Henry Nouwen said that being the beloved is the origin and the fulfillment of the life of the Spirit. And he also said this, listening to that voice with great inner attentiveness, I hear at my center words that say, I have called you by name from the very beginning. You are mine and I am yours. You are my beloved, on you my favor rests. I have molded you in the depths of the earth and knitted you together in your mother's womb. I have carved you in the palm of my hands and hidden you in the shadow of my embrace. I look at you with infinite tenderness and care for you with a care more intimate than that of a mother for her child. I have counted every hair on your head and guided you at every step. Wherever you go, I go with you. And wherever you rest, I keep watch. I will give you food that will satisfy all your hunger and drink that will quench all your thirst. I will not hide my face from you. You know me as your own as I know you as my own. You belong to me. I am your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, your lover, and your spouse. Yes, even your child. Wherever you are, I will be. Nothing will ever separate us. We are one. I'm convinced this is what the Lord has for us, not only for this Advent season, but going forward. And so if you saw the announcements at the beginning uh, of, the, of the broadcast, you'll see that we're going to do a four-week series on this book, Life of the Beloved, um, in January. I'll, I'll give more details on that in the coming weeks. But I think this is incredibly important. It's coming to understand that we are the beloved and, and what it looks like to, to be on that journey of becoming the beloved, of being who we are and of becoming who we are. But what I want to focus on today, what I really just want you to hear today and receive today is that what Gabriel says to Mary, you are highly favored, you are beloved. The Spirit is wanting to say that to you today as well. Don't be afraid. You are highly favored. You are the beloved. This, I think, is the word that the Lord has for us today, that we are longing for love and love has met us and love has found us because love has created us for love. So let's light our Advent candles. Um, we started with Hungry for Hope. And as I've explained to you a few times now, um, when the Spirit births hope in us, that hope tells us that everything is going to be okay, which is the Spirit growing peace in us. If I can get my peace to light, i got a little bit of peace. And the Spirit tells us more than it's just going to be okay, it is going to be okay. It's going to be very, very good. Look, I have more joy than I have peace. And the movement of hope expressed in peace and in joy is moving us all toward love. The love that is the life of God. The love in which we already exist and are invited to share an intimacy with. This is what we're waiting for at Advent, for hope, for peace, for joy, for love. And 
all of these things are here for us because Jesus has come and God is with us. So I hope you will light your candles and then after the broadcast, maybe sit with them for a little bit and reflect on hope, peace, joy, and love. And let the Spirit communicate to your own soul whatever the Spirit wants to communicate to you about those things that the Spirit is working to grow in you as the Spirit's own fruit in your life. And I'm going to pray, and then Jared and Rachel have another song for us that Rachel wrote last year with Sarah about Mary's song. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for this season. We wait and pause and reflect on what you want to do in our own lives individually and us as a community. But I pray that you would sow deep in our hearts that each of us is the beloved, that you have made us in love and you have made us for love. That intimacy with you is something we're each invited to and should be what characterizes us as a community. I pray Gainesville Vineyard would be a group of people who know that we are beloved and who are committed to spreading the word to others that they are also beloved. I pray you would fill us with peace and joy through the remainder of this holiday season. I pray you would bring healing to those dealing with COVID. I pray you would bring strength to our healthcare workers. You would bring new hope in the coming year for our community, for our nation, for our world. This is Mary and Anna. We're waiting on you, Lord. We also are waiting. Come and move. And we will say yes and play whatever part of it you want us to play. Amen. I love you, sisters and brothers. I hope to see you on Wednesday on the Zoom call for our Christmas Eve Eve get-together. Here's Jared and Rachel.
Thank you for listening to the Gainesville Vineyard Podcast. For more information about our church and community center, including our food pantry, life skills training, legal aid, after school and sports programs, and international missions, and how to contact us, visit GainesvilleVineyard.org or find us on Facebook. Our page name is GN Vineyard. We also have original worship songs available on iTunes. Just search for Gainesville Vineyard. You can support the work we're doing by texting the word GIVE to 352-562-7771. All donations are tax deductible. We appreciate you listening to this message and pray the Spirit speaks directly to you through something you've heard today. God bless.